To Unplugged, the Mill Usman podcast, your stable for authentic information and unbridled fun. And now, your host. This is Grandmaster Mo. Welcome to Unplugged, the Mill Usman podcast, episode 13. For this episode, we'll explore the beautiful mind of one of Northern Nigeria's finest exports in broadcast journalism. Medina Meishano. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Mo. Uh, wonderful. Now, the conditions resulting in you coming on the podcast was actually quite peculiar. Uh, a mutual mm-hmm. follower made this happen. They pointed out that, you know, I needed to have you on. They wanted to just, you know, oh, pick your yeah. brains. Yes, 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 yes. I can remember that. A lady, right, on the tier. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. I remember sending you a DM immediately. Yeah. Well, no, I, I was like... Let- you said what? Yeah, you were like what? On the, like, via DM? Yeah. Okay, I think I didn't understand, like, what you were saying at the time. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think I didn't understand, but um, the reply I could remember giving you was, let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that and I was like, okay, <laughs> now we're on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. now, like, um, the Nigerian system is actually quite a funny one, as far as school is concerned. Mm-hmm. Now, what made you go into journalism? Was it the Nigerian University factor giving you a course you didn't intend to study, or mm-hmm. is it what you always wanted? Did you even study here? Um, yes, I studied in Ahmadibeli University in Zaria. I studied mass oh, communication. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, an, so it was I'm, always I'm an appetite. Nice. Was it always yeah. what you wanted to study? I have always wanted to be a journalist, right from right from the time that I was like two. When I was a baby, I've always been fascinated by newspapers, by journalists, and everything that has to do with um, broadcasting. It has always fascinated me. So this is something that I've always wanted to do. I didn't just tumble across it in university, no. Um, I actually left my hometown, Sokoto, to go to Amadebele University, Zaria, just because um, the university in Sokoto does not offer mass communication at the course. That's the only reason why I went all the way to Zaria. So this is something that I I had always wanted for myself. Cool, cool. So how was the adjustment like? Because for lots of people, um, like myself going to university, I studied primary, secondary school in Lagos, and it was a big adjustment for me going to Medigree to study. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, what was it like for you leaving Sokoto and coming down to uh, Amadebele University? It wasn't really um, difficult for me to adapt because... I haven't lived in uh, Sokoto for like a long time. I grew up in yeah. Amsterdam and most of the time when I was in, after we came back to Nigeria, I didn't spend much time in Sokoto basically. Mostly I was always in Abuja or Kaduna, so it wasn't really hard for me to adapt because I wasn't really a Sokoto person after all. No. Yeah. All right. I, I, I can get that. Yeah. Now, a lot of people, for a lot of people, they say their course of study, even though they practice after school, did not at all impact them on the job. Was it like this for you or you had to do extensive training when you had to do the job? I actually learned on the job. Everything I know about journalism, I learned on the job. Because wow. I, I'm not saying my teachers in school or my lecturers in school didn't teach me much. No. But most of the things that they teach you in university, my, this is my experience. Like they teach you um, theories and like you don't really you don't really get the chance to um, go out there and for example they don't really I can't remember doing a course that would give me the chance to go out and like record people saying stuff doing vox pops like I wasn't 
putting it into theory you understand what i mean i would only be taught yeah. the history of mass communication and stuff that really wouldn't really help me that much so what i did for myself was when i was in the university i did voluntary internship whenever i went to abuja for holidays i went to my um aunt i have in abuja i always go to her house for um holidays when i was in adu so i always um just find a media house and just go to them and be like oh hey i'm a university student and i want to do internship like voluntary internship even if you don't pay me i have never been paid for any of the internships i did and i just went there and in some my first internship was an ait So for that one I actually just sat I really didn't do anything I just sat there and I observed how they work. So from there I went to NTA I did my internship I I did a few internships so it gave me the chance to learn some actually gave me the chance to also go out and start recording box pops um, knowing how to write scripts seeing how they actually how it actually works behind the scenes so that was what worked for me but nonetheless um I learned on the job my first job was in BBC Hausa um that's where I started I did my NYC there and everything I know about journalism I learned it there and I'm still learning even at my awesome, present job yeah cool I actually want to ask what your journey was like for you know exploring international broadcasting but we could go this way uh, mm-hmm. considering your extensive your extensive stay in internship with uh, the broadcast houses here in Nigeria how would you compare them say to the international broadcast stations like the BBC and the VOA that you're currently with in both uh, professionally the studios equipment all of that how would you compare both you definitely cannot compare you know that <laughs> you cannot compare an international media house oh my goodness but nonetheless nonetheless the difference is not really much the way they um disperse people to go out um to do box pops to um go after news to go and do interviews the process is the same the process is the same and as far as i could remember when i did my internship at nte their studio was beautiful they had a beautiful studio and it wasn't it wasn't all that different from what i have now hmm. a lot <laughs> of people might argue that nte has a beautiful studio because i don't see the video or sound quality I don't see any change with it from say 1990s. Some... The thing is um once you see I don't know I think they have a problem with um the process of broadcasting in the sense that um what you see in the studio is kind of different from um how it will look on TV. So that is that's where the problem comes in. People complain about the contrast, the colors and everything. I know that's what you're talking about, right? Yeah. Yep. But but I did mine in my my internship in the their branch in area 11 and they had a beautiful TV studio. The studio was beautiful. It had bright colors and also I I really don't know what the issue is, but as far as uh, maybe they are using another studio too, um, you know, because they have a lot of branches. The quality got lost in transmission. Probably. That's that's <laughs> exactly exactly maybe what happened. Oh my goodness. All right. Since obviously comparison between international broadcast stations and our own local stations here in Nigeria um like the disparity is humongous. How about mm-hmm. where you worked before and where you currently are now? The BBC you know, and the VOA. Um you know they are both international organizations. Uh-huh. You get where I'm coming from. But even at that obviously um where you would say because you know I worked in the Abuja bureau. Okay. So the Abuja bureau is there's a huge difference between the Abuja bureau of the BBC and the London bureau. 
you get what I mean? In terms of okay. equipment and a lot of things. So definitely, um, it's been, for example, what I'm trying to say is, um, you know, I work in the field here now, and yeah. I am at the main building, the main branch. So definitely, there's going to be a huge difference from any of the branches that is in Nigeria. So it's the same case with the BBC. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. Cool. Now, um, when you release videos of your a little snippets of what you do to people, mm -hmm. I noticed one thing that has been consistent with the comments you get. Um, people have labeled your delivery as smooth. Care to let as them what? know what you do? Smooth. Smooth? Yeah. Hmm. I have seen that. I, I, I'd like to maybe if you would like to let them know what you do to get that good. I, I can't really say there's anything I do. I just... The thing, the thing with me is um, my heart and my soul is in it when I'm doing it. You understand what I mean? Like, I try to, whenever I do videos or whenever I'm talking about anything or broadcasting, I try to make it seem like I have a friend or someone in front of me. And you know when you're talking to someone and you try as much as possible to make sense and actually look good at the same time? Be smooth, as they say. You understand what I mean? Yeah. So I don't make it. I don't. I don't put it in my mind that I'm broadcasting to like um, millions of people, because if you put that in your mind, you find yourself making mistakes. You find yourself being anxious. You find yourself looking sick. But I just put it in my mind that the camera is my friend, and I'm talking to my friend. The same way you'd be smooth yeah. while talking to your friend. That is basically where I get my smoothness from. I think it's good. but. Apart from that, nothing else that I do. That was a smooth answer, <laughs> in case you're wondering. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, there's uh, this trend in the country, however unfortunate that it is. The whole rape issue, a lady was raped while she was studying in church, and there was a teen that was raped in Jigawa. Ah, so sad. And then there's also, there's just been reports of rape yeah, recently. Yeah, different reports and it's, coming in. Yeah, it's all the research, the discussion has come back up again. And I'm like, growing up a girl must have been difficult. Because hmm. you hardly speak to a lady that has not been groped in one way or the other. That's very true. That's very yeah. true. Yeah. So I'm and like, one... okay. Uh -huh. Okay, yeah. Go on, go on, go on. All right. So I'm like, how about we start preferring solutions? Now, I notice a lot of people keep, the, the, one, the one thing, or the, the one direction a lot of people keep going towards is they keep addressing the minute things how she dressed uh where was she when it happened aren't they in a relationship you know questions like that mm. how does that make you feel in general i hate to ask that question but i just I, I have to the thing is a lot of people a lot of people that say stuff like this and i can't even say men because some women say stuff like this too mm -hmm. and it all comes down to our mindset i don't think the solution is coming out to say okay this is this is the solution or you understand what i mean it all comes yeah. down to changing our mindset finding ways to change our mindset because for a long time we've had solutions we've had ways but that is not what we need right now what we need is people and it's so easy to say i don't know if i'm making sense right now um what i'm trying to say is you just mentioned people's people talking about um the way people dress yeah you understand what i mean so it's definitely no. not because of what they're wearing. As I said, it, it depends on people's mindsets. And honestly speaking, it's something that is very rampant. People don't even understand it. People think 
it's only when you talk about rape or when someone forcefully forces themselves on a woman or a woman forces themselves on a man, that is when you can call it rape. Or, but one thing we should start talking about or focus on is sexual abuse. You understand? Yeah. It all starts from sexual abuse. Sexual abuse in the sense that when I was in Syria, I don't know if you've been checking um, the social media, they have been videos um, going around of um, a few men in buses using their hands to touch women i don't know yeah. if you saw that video using their hands to touch women in the bus i you know I, I have experienced that a lot of times in the bus in zaria i'm not sure the bus in zaria i'm actually not sure so people have to understand that um that is a, that is a form of abuse because if i didn't give my consent i didn't ask anyone to touch me so rapists start from that that is just that is just um it's just stage one you understand where, where i'm coming from so, yeah. And if you people will come out and say, um, why didn't you tell him to stop? Why didn't you tell him to do this? Well, the person in that video that shouted and said um, um, the guy is touching her, you know, she didn't get the support that she was supposed to get. Of course not. So that all comes down to people. Ladies really do. People yeah. don't think stuff like that are important. You understand where I'm coming from? If you don't mm-hmm. hear someone has been uh, raped or someone was killed. That is when some people will actually give it importance. But we have to start looking at stuff like touching a woman without her consent. Because that is where rape is start. And another issue we have is we suffer a lot from our hush-hush culture, the culture of silence. A woman would be raped or a man would be raped. But instead of focusing on how to help that person mentally or how to help that person overcome what he or she has been through or... Uh, get the culprit people will just focus on oh this is going to spoil your reputation and let's just put it aside yeah that is one main thing that we have been suffering from for a long time so i think if we go back to fixing people's mindsets and doing away with um the hush hush um, silent culture that we we all we all have we all, we all do it you understand what i mean it's just one person um does it on a different level so if we sit down and we have to, and I'm glad conversations like this are being had yet, yet now. Yeah, um, yeah. The fact that we speak about it, if I, for example, do an episode or a video talking about hush-hush culture, someone would actually sit down and be like, oh, this is something that I do. You understand where I'm coming from? So having conversations like this, I think it's very important exactly. because it helps fix people's mindsets. And that is where we should start from, fixing people's mindsets. Because a lot of people think there's nothing wrong with rape or Oh, what was she wearing? I even saw, um, listened to a voice note from a guy that was talking about the um, lady that was murdered, um, the lady that was raped and murdered in Benin. Um, okay. He sent a voice note. He was like, "What was she doing in the church? A church is the place that we <laughs> usually go to see to see bomb. Uh, so if she goes there, that means she's telling us to rape her. So please, if if any other lady comes to the church, we we'll rape her and." rape her whole generation you understand what i'm coming to and we have a lot of people with this kind of a mindset so we should start from the mindset and that that's where we should begin from and having conversations like this would help us exactly yeah. and that's what that's what i'm saying like the conversations actually really do help because growing up there's this thing that was said in secondary school um this whole term tapping current you know i know that it's i know that yeah it's it's a form of sexual assault but yes. at the time don't take it as something serious. Exactly. And these are the kind then, of people that, you know, we, we all know that we, we just, like, it was just um, a form of a joke. But some people, mm-hmm. 
some people don't take it as jokes. These are the kind of people that will grow up and become rapists. And because yeah. when they were in secondary school, uh, we used to tap current in secondary school. It's not a big deal now. You understand where I'm coming mm-hmm. from? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm, I feel like some people do not want to, you know, make statements or comment based off of knowledge that they now know because they don't want people to refer to them as hypocrites. But I, I think I tweeted this. You're not being a hypocrite. You've learned from your past mistakes. Mm-hmm. That's growth. But... I feel like people don't want to comment now because of this whole this you thing that's going on on Twitter right mm. now. So, but this is not something that you should actually be. If, if, if you were scared of something like that happening, I feel like you could just search for the keyword with your handle and it'll take you there. You could delete all of those tweets and then you can make better informed opinions known now. Mm. But I don't know. I don't know. The thing well, is, yeah, I feel like the conversation of, is you know, you know, social media, for example, is a place where everyone goes out now to um, express what they see, express what is on their mind. You hear me? Yeah. So, whenever you put out a tweet, just put it in the back of your mind that you're going to have people that support and people that don't support you. Some, exactly. people, some people don't know how to handle that. Some people think pleasing the whole world is what they're supposed to do. So some people would rather just keep quiet about the issue of rape because once they tweet, some people would attack them and be like, you know, a lot of people attack people that talk about rape. Let's talk about yeah. your me too. Look at the backlash they got. You understand where I'm coming from? So mm-hmm. a lot of people, organizations that come out to talk about rape, some people don't, don't um, support it. You understand where I'm coming from? So people would rather be like, okay, let me just keep quiet because I don't want to get backlash because I talk about rape. And I think we have to stop focusing on ourselves and start looking at the bigger picture. Because once we come out, we talk about things like this, we, we, we stare conversations. That's the only way we can bring about change. If we don't talk about it, then how are we going to change? How are we going to exactly. bring peace to our society? So. Exactly. I, I saw a tweet, a video. Someone tweeted a video. Uh, I think I even shaded the guy. He mm-hmm. was just pure garbage. Like, you would wonder what, how, how he was able to escape collecting money from his folks. If he paid his own school fees, he has wasted his money. This girl man couldn't tell from the beginning of the video. He couldn't tell the difference between a feminist and an anti-feminist. And then he went on to keep spewing garbage, uh, being insulted, being on court. And then in your bio, or you, you refer to yourself as an ustaz. Our religion doesn't support uncourtness. So I don't know how you refer to yourself as an ustaz and then you act Come like Come out to make, make, make stuff like that. Exactly. You act like a gatekeeper Yo. and then, oh my God, just terrible. Exactly quite sad. But I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised. The, the Prophet Wasallam actually um, predicted all of this happening. So yeah, yeah. it's happening. Yeah. It's happening. As, as unfortunate as it is. Anyways, um, all right. So we're almost done. I, I like to ask you this now. As a brilliant young woman, young talented Iowa Nigerian woman, what is your opinion on our society's constant need to clip the wings of young girls that would otherwise be awesome in their chosen endeavor, much like yourself? I have a lot to say about that, and I want people to sit down and look at the young Iowa lady doing amazing things when they're given the chance. So that should show them that it's something that we should endeavor in doing. You understand? And where we keep going wrong is people 
intertwine cultural and religion. I had a, an IG live session a few weeks ago where I was talking to my fellow young Iowa ladies. I was like, what do you, what do you, um, I just wanted to um, have a conversation with ladies, to young Iowa ladies to talk to them about, because you know, as, as you're growing up, as a young Iowa lady, people don't think you have any other thing to achieve in life other than marriage. I'm not saying marriage is not something to aspire to. Marriage is a beautiful thing. Marriage is part of our religion. I know that. You understand what I mean? But people, that's the only thing people attach to young Ariwa women. So growing up as a young Ariwa woman, I know a lot of, a lot of my fellow um, young ladies, they are not given the chance to um, follow their dreams. Because everyone will be like, oh, you're going to get married at the end of the day. You're going to have babies. So there's only a, a specific limit that you can reach. And that kills me. Just look at me. I'm a young Ariwa lady. I left Nigeria all the way to come to the United States to follow my dreams. And that is not going to stop me from getting married. You understand? So it hurts me when I see people clipping the wings of young Ariwa ladies. Because we have so many talented ladies. You understand where I'm coming from? We have so many talented ladies, but they are not given the chance most of the time because people only see them for um, as baby-making machines or women that are supposed to sit down and take care of, of, of the house. Uh, and as I said, people intertwine religion and culture because that is what the culture thinks. But our religion doesn't think so. Our religion, our religion supports women. As far as you do not um, cross what your religion says you should do and what you shouldn't do, our religion supports women. The Prophet ﷺ, his wife was a great businesswoman and he married her as a businesswoman. You understand? Yeah. So I believe um, we should support and give our young Iowa women more chance to come out and show us um, what they're capable of because we have a lot of smart young ladies. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We, we actually really do, do have mm. a lot of smart ladies. And mm. I just feel like our society is not doing enough. Our yeah. leaders are not doing enough. Mm. Political leaders, the family heads. I feel like even our clerics, uh, they can do more than they're actually doing right now. They're doing good, but I feel like they can do even more than they're doing to mm. encourage and ensure that you know women get to the zenith of whatever careers they decide to pursue. But that, yeah. that's by the way. Um, as we wrap up, um, I like you to. <laughs> I don't know if you accept this one because Zeladi, I was telling you in the DMs that you're breaking ceilings, glass ceilings, and you're like, no, I'm not breaking any glass ceilings. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> people see you, they hear what you do, and for a lot of people, they actually do look up to you, uh, much like the person that actually made this happen, the mutual follower of ours. Mm-hmm. Uh, they see you as a role model, and they would love to be like you. What advice do you have for folks like that? Follow your dreams. Just close your eyes, close your ears, and just follow your passion. I know it's not going to be easy because, for example, me, even though I have a loving and supporting family that supports everything I do, for some people, it won't be that easy. But show people that you can make it. You understand what I mean? Give them um, examples. Um, A lot of people say... If you don't um, start with a with an international organization, some people think I'm privileged to have started with the BBC, and that's the only reason why I am making it sort of. You understand what I mean? 
But one thing that a lot of people that know me would know I'm focused on is being your own personal brand. So one advice I would give um, our fellow, um, my fellow young journalists that are coming up is focus on being your own personal brand. Focus on showing people your worth. Focus on um, creating your own fan base, especially on social media. Use social media to your advantage. Everyone has access to social media now. The international organizations or the big organizations will follow. And one thing, again, that people should put in mind is you don't always have to be in an international organization. You can be in a local organization, but you can also be a great journalist at the same time. So what I'm trying to say is your organization should not define you. So work on perfecting yourself. There are online courses. Go out there. Take courses. Read on social media. Just try to make yourself better. People think that um, I'm very smart and this and that. I'm not. Like, as far as I'm concerned, I'm not. Don't yourself because, short. No, I'm just trying to make people understand that, like, on a daily basis, I sit down, I try to read, I take online courses, I try to better myself by myself. You understand where I'm coming from? So, it's not that people that uh, get the chance to um, be seen, or people like me, for example, people that, I don't want to, people like me, that people think, okay, we, we've gotten the chance to be um, in an international organization. Do you understand what I mean? People think like, um, I don't. I just don't want people to think that anyone is born smart. Basically, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. No one is born smart. You have smart. to work hard at it. Yes. You have to work hard at it, and everyone is a work in progress. Do not be afraid to make mistakes. Mistakes shouldn't put you down. And it's funny that I'm the one saying this because any single time I make mistakes in my videos and all, it kills me. But at the end of the day, I dust myself and I get up and I continue going. Because if I don't make this mistake, I am not going to get the chance to become this great international journalist that I want to be. So just make mistakes, better yourself, view yourself as an international, um, as, a, as a personal brand. And go out there and break feelings. That's all I have to say. Yay! <laughs> yeah. I'm actually really, really psyched that we eventually did this. Um, mm -hmm. If not for anything, I, I like the, the the whole idea behind my podcast is I feel like we have we have a lot of media in the north, mm -hmm. but I feel like there is this thing with um, the the media in general in the country with not telling our stories the way we, we would like or for them to be told and not without targeted societal issues that are being addressed that you know concerns us specifically so i felt like yeah this is a platform to do that and when someone said hey i'd like to hear medina on your podcast i was like of course yes of course <laughs> yes definitely yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm super, super excited to have done this. Thank you so much for being on my podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. And, and I hope when next I bother you with a DM because I'm going to DM blast you for an extra <laughs> I'm going to block I hope, you. I hope you answer. I'm going to block you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm not going to like you. <laughs> Yeah, hopefully we, we can do this again sometime. Yeah, hopefully. I'm, we, I'm, I'll be glad to come back on your podcast. Right, awesome. Thank Have you so a much. nice... Okay, what time is it over there now? 5 p.m. Have a nice rest of the day. I'm about to go to sleep right now. Oh, okay, okay. Have a nice day. You too. All right, bye. To ensure you don't miss out on next episode, follow at 
Mo Usman underscore on Twitter. And do turn on those notifications so you don't miss out on anything.